I wish my daughter would have been baptized on, well, today, because then for the rest of her life, every time some high school boy came over on Valentine's Day to take her out, I could look at him and say, she was baptized on Valentine's Day, just so you remember. (laughs) Today is a special day that we have as we know our God has claimed every one of us to be his child. What an exciting moment that we have to be able to celebrate with this family. To be able to partner that with the song that we just sang of that roaring of that lion. My daughter asked me just this last week if she could go to the zoo with me. One of the favorite uh, exhibits they have at the zoo are the lions that are there. Have you ever experienced when they roar and what it sounds like? Uh, That penetration as it hits your chest and rumbles your ears. And that song that we sing, that's what we're talking about, about this word that we have for today. That it's supposed to expel out from us, the Lord's disciples, unto the ears of the people around us. Sometimes maybe it does make us tremble. Sometimes maybe it does make us quake. But that's the power that God offers to us in his word. This morning we continue with our God's Not Dead sermon series And a quick reminder that we will be showing the movie next week at our Mountain View campus at 12.30, and we're having lunch uh, before that at noon. We'd love to have you come and join us. But the movie that we're going to be able to see next week, it highlights uh, real-life scenarios that are going on all around the world. It's a scenario that's happening on college campuses within the classroom. It's a scenario that's happening uh, in the workplace, maybe in the break room. It's a scenario that's happening maybe in some of our homes. The scenario of asking if God is truly alive and well within our world today, or does God even exist for that matter, kind of challenges us a little bit. Within this movie, we see the main character, Josh, have his faith challenged by his philosophy uh, professor. Is his philosophy professor is saying that uh, faith is simply a blindness that we have. It's just a superstition. The movie really raises some good questions for you and I to think about as Christians, especially as we see this individual be called to share his faith. Because sometimes that's tough for us to be able to do. You know, just prior to the gospel text that Pastor John read for us today, Jesus is talking to you and I and to his disciples, and he's very straightforward with us. He's very honest with us. He tells us that in this life, we're going to have trials, that in our lives, we're going to have tribulations, that it isn't going to be easy street all of the time, and in fact, we're going to have pain and troubles and problems in our life, but that we can have peace, he says. Have peace, he says, because I have overcome all things. I have overcome this world for you. Specifically for you. Sometimes we might be hesitant in sharing that answer with people around us, that faith that we have. Our faith is something that's very personal in our lives. It's something that's very intimate that we have. But at the same time, it's something that Maybe we don't always understand fully. Sometimes we think that faith is something that maybe we have established. Maybe we think that faith is something that we have decided to make this big 
cho- uh, choice to be able to accept our Lord, forgetting that he is the one that comes to accept us, that he is the one who has called us to be his own, that he allows his spirit to be working within every one of us and answering that call that we hear. And so sometimes maybe we sit back and we think, you know, I'm a little hesitant to share my faith. I don't know what the right words are to be able to express to people around me. I don't know if I know enough about scripture or I have the right Bible verse to be able to share with somebody. And you know what? All those excuses, if you will, could be valid if our faith was based on us. Because as individuals, we are limited. We are not all-knowing. We are not all-powerful. We can't do it all, but God can. That's why our faith is based upon him based upon his knowledge, based upon his work, founded on his son. And it's a gift that he gives to you and I. Today in our gospel text, Jesus is praying. And we see a combination of prayer combined with our faith. Jesus' prayer today is the longest recorded prayer that we have for him within scripture. He begins in praying for himself and asking that he will be able to be used by the Father to be able to share the good news with all those he comes in contact with, that he will be glorified through him, and we know where that takes our Savior. He concludes his prayer in praying for all believers, that you and I will continue to be unified, he prays. And then right in the middle of this prayer is where our text is found for today, And sandwiched in there, we see Jesus praying for his disciples. And not just those men that are around him at that time, but you and I, the Lord's disciples. That he prays that we will not again become one, but that we will continue to be one. Often this is known as Christ's priestly prayer, because he goes to the Father on behalf of you and I. Just as in the Old Testament, the priest would have gone to the Father on behalf of the people to have their uh, sins forgiven or to make sacrifices for them. But Jesus' prayer today is very specific, that he asks that we will remain faithful to the word that we have been given, faithful to the relationship that we have with one another, and most importantly, faithful in the relationship that we have with God. To put it plainly today, uh, our text is surrounding Jesus praying for your faith. Jesus praying for your faith. Let's look at verse 13. Jesus begins as he prays to the Father. I am coming to you now, but I will say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. One of my favorite movies is the original uh, Star Wars, a movie that takes place a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. There's a certain scene that really stands out to me. The main character, Luke Skywalker, walks into this cantina. I assume I'm not spoiling the movie for you since it's 39 years old. (laughs) The main character walks into this cantina And the camera, from his point of view, pans to the right, and it pans to the left. And as it pans back and forth, you see all of these different creatures, all of these different beings that are gathered there together. They're all different sizes, 
They look very, very different. They're all speaking different languages, but they're all gathered together in this one place. All of these foreigners, citizens of other worlds that are there together. Each one of these creatures is there for their own specific purpose, each fulfilling their own specific role, and they're all there, maybe missing their home from time to time, but doing what needs to get done for the job that they have been provided. God has actually placed you in a very similar role, that we are his creation, placed here on this earth to fulfill a very specific job. At times, it may feel like we are outsiders. Maybe we look around and feel like we don't fit in. Maybe we long to be able to go to our home, to be in heaven with our Lord. But this is the place where God has put us now. He has called every one of you to be his disciples, to be able to share of the word that he's given to us this morning, given a special purpose, not to just blend in on this world, but to stand out. So even though we may long for heaven, this is where we are called to be able to get the Lord's work done today. Jesus plainly tells us in our text that we are not of this world and that he is not of this world. And this isn't some weird alien-like scenario, if you will, but our home is not here. Our dwelling place will be in heaven. But again, this is where we are at now. God has chosen to be able to get his message across through people, through you. He could convert anybody he wanted to at any time through any method, but he has chosen you. Think about that this morning, that God has specifically chosen you. He tells us, though, that, again, it's not going to be easy, that you and I will be hated at times, not for who we are, not for the words that we speak, but for the word that he has given to us. That because of his word and because of expressing those things, people may not understand it. They may not like it. They may not choose to be able to follow his word. But think about Christ. Do you think he does not understand that rejection? The only man, God, who is ever to be on this earth that could have at any time removed himself from any pain that he was going through. Maybe he could have done that when his friend Lazarus dies and he could have taken off. Maybe he could have done that instead of being called upon all the time and being so tired. Maybe he could have done that when he was dying on the cross for our sins. But he doesn't. He stays here and he goes through pain so he can know exactly how you feel when you are going through pain. He knows our struggles. He knows our temptations. He knows all of those things. And he performs that special work on the cross for you so that you may have the full measure of joy, we are told. Imagine that, the full measure of joy in our Lord. What does that do for your faith this morning? Knowing of a God who comes to this earth that could leave at any time, but stays even if you were the only one ever to be on this planet. Does that make you want to share about him a little bit more? Does it make you want to share a little bit more about Christ when you know that these are his words, not ours? 
that people aren't just rejecting us, that they are rejecting him, but that they are accepting him and coming to that knowledge that we have, that special gift that we have been given to in faith, that it's founded upon his word and not ours. Christ continues his petition in verse 15 as he says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. You know, wouldn't that be simplistic? If God could have just taken us out of this world, no more of those tragedies for us to look at, no more brokenness, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sin. God, just take us home. Now, God could have done that with us, just as we saw nightly baptized here this morning, When every one of us was baptized, God could have taken us away right at that very moment. He claims us to be his child, and he takes us off to this special place, this exotic land, this tropical paradise, where we can have peace for all eternity. But that's not what God has in mind. It's not what he has in mind for Nightly and the work that she will be able to perform on his behalf, and it's not what he has in mind for you and the works that he allows us, the privileges he allows us to have, the words he allows us to be able to share. Think about that. His prayer specifically says that he prays that we will not be taken out of this world. He specifically prays that we will not be physically isolated from people around us. Because God, again, has attended you to be able to be in this world, not of it, As Peter wrote, we live as aliens and strangers within this world. The living of it is a big temptation. It's easy to express those words, but living of this world is tough. It's all around us every day, calling our name, beckoning you and I, that we will become a part of this world that we will just taste that sin for just a minute because it tastes so good, does it not? But God calls us not to do those things. Sometimes we might not even recognize that we're doing it. This morning we're going to watch a video clip together. It's an interaction between a son and his mother discussing their lives briefly. It's from the movie series that we'll see next week, God's Not Dead. I attention you to the screens. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I mean, it's not like you even know who I am. anything wrong and here you are you're the nicest person I know I am the meanest you have dementia my life is perfect explain that to me 
Sometimes the devil allows people to live a life free of trouble because he doesn't want them turning to God. Their sin is like a jail cell accepted. It's all nice and comfy and there doesn't seem to be any need to leave. The door is wide open. Till one day, time runs out. The cell door slams shut. And suddenly, it's too late. Who did you say you were? Every one of our jail cells may look a little different. Maybe we decorate them in a way that is uh, conducive to the things that we like or that we enjoy. But sometimes are we sitting inside that padded cell thinking that everything is fine and ignoring the mission that we have been given. Sometimes we forget maybe to go to God when we're not going through anything tough. That's the times we think we need him. When everything's okay, it seems like, God, you can just kind of stay over there and I will stay over here. But that's not the message that God has given to us. He calls you and I to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, to take his word out unto all the people. In our epistle text for today, you heard those words that no prophecy ever came about by men, but men spoke by God. You have that exact same gift to be able to share of our Lord's word, not to be rejected by the things that you and I have come up with. God calls us to be able to focus on what the truth is. What is the truth? Look at verse 17. Jesus says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. It's pretty plain. God's word is our truth. No matter what we hear in society, no matter what scenarios we make up in our mind, God's word is the truth. That which sanctifies us, that which sets us apart for a specific purpose, that which sends Jesus into the world, and that which sends you and I into the world. You see, spiritual blindness is something that is not of faith, but is something that is of the world. It's a disability that's created in our lives because of sin. The truth is in the Word, that which becomes that light, a gift given to us by God. That word, as you remember in scripture, that becomes flesh, that flesh which dwells among us, and he who dwells among us that eventually goes and even dies for us. But the good news is, our God does not remain dead. He arises alive from that tomb emerging in victory and in power so that you and I can emerge from those cells 
that seek to keep us locked up as prisoners from sin. Today, as you and I are sent out, may we remember these words, knowing that this isn't our testimony, but it's God's testimony. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, as we come here today, and as you place your word upon us and send us out into the world, open up our eyes that we may not be blind to the things around us and the people around us, that you will keep us unified as a church, as a school, and as your congregation of the whole, Lord, to be able to serve the purpose of sharing you in all things. We thank you for the blessings that you have given to us and ask, Lord, that you will allow us to open up our mouths and share of that great faith that you have provided in our lives. All these things we lift in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.